to the Gym Podcast. Uncut, unfiltered, unreal. Hey, 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 welcome folks to another welcome, episode everybody. of the Gym Podcast. I'm your host, Jimbo. And it's me, Randy, as always. Randy, did you have a good weekend? Did you have a good weekend uh, watching football last week? I did have a good weekend. I watched the Alabama game, obviously, even though it was New Mexico State. And you know, I have to say, compared to uh, how other top teams play, it's nice to not <laughs> almost lose to a one and eight group of five team. Oh man, hey, you were trailing at one point, if I recall, wasn't it? Like three nothing in the first quarter. Uh, yeah, that what that did happen. So like we stalled pretty early on our first drive, which was fairly frustrating. But um, they got a they got like a long fifty something yard field goal, and then yeah. after that, it was I don't know fifty six three, fifty nine three. Peep but hey, we were losing to New Mexico State at one point. Yeah, my, my phone was blowing up when I was at the Wisconsin game. I like checked my phone and everyone's messaged me, like letting me know that Bam was losing. So obviously, <laughs> you know, happy for you. I'm kind of sad, but it was never meant to be. But <laughs> like you said, though, yeah. uh, a little bit of a crazy week weekend for uh, some of the higher ranked teams, wouldn't you say? It was a very crazy. Well, not even for all the higher ranked teams necessarily. Just there was one team that had a uh, had a game versus another one and eight team. We're obviously going to talk about. <laughs> we need to talk about that right away. I think you need to open out the show with this. Uh, yeah, Kansas. That was like probably one of the best games of the entire year. I- I'd say um, it definitely was. Like, I don't know. Like, I I didn't think Kansas had a shot in hell, and it seemed like in the second half there they were going to blow it, but they somehow found a way. Yeah, and here's the thing. It's really hard for me to to judge, to actually judge Sarkeesian off this game or off this season at all. I mean, I think there is a fine middle line. Maladroit, our friend Maladroit, he uh, he was a guest one time. Good friend of the he, show. Friend of the show, yes. He even he kind of said that there's a middle ground between nothing in the first season matters, we shouldn't count anything, versus using this game as a reason to say he's going to fail. And there's probably a middle ground between that that he's going to have to use this first season to build off of in some type of way. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, and I saw you defending Sark you know, in, on Discord this week, but I, I, I agree it is, a, it is a gradient, right? There is a range of fire him now and keep him forever, you know? But in my mind, I mean, God, Texas is on what, like a six-game losing streak or something ridiculous? Maybe only five Something games? ridiculous like that. So at one point, they were number 15, yeah. and they were beating Oklahoma by four touchdowns at the half. They yeah. were 4-1, and one, number 15. Since they were beating Oklahoma by four touchdowns at the half, they have lost five straight games. Oh, my God. Like, to me, man, like, that is uncoaching, in my opinion. And you, you think back to, did you see that video of the Texas, like, bus ride? Where, like, the fact the coaches, that a player would yeah. record that and post it, though, is yeah. it shows that he's. I mean, you can't say he's lost the locker room when it wasn't his locker room to begin with. <laughs> That's fair. I don't I know. I mean, at a certain point, he's just going to have to. It's going to take a couple years. They're going to have yeah. to be patient. At least give him the chance. Yeah, like let let him get his guys in there. I, I get that. And it's less. It's less me defending Sark and more me defending the situation. And like that hey, he may not work out, but you need to at least yeah. give him the chance. Yeah, I, I've like read reports and rumors of like how like the current Texas players sort of treat him like a substitute teacher, which I think is like the perfect analogy. You know, he just kind of kind of came out of nowhere, and I guess we have to respect him, but we don't have to like him. You know what I mean? And I, I wonder if that's the case. And if that is the case, then yeah, it's going to take some time because he needs to get his guys in there and you know build the program in the way he wants. But man, I there are new coaches all the time in college football. 
right? This isn't like a brand new thing. Like every year there are dozens of new coaches across, you know, the 128 teams. And it feels like we rarely see something this bad, like this much of a meltdown, at least among the players. So I think that's what stands out to me about the Sark situation. Now, obviously, I'm not going to compare Steve Sarkeesian to Nick Saban, but I'd like to point out. <laughs> no, no, I, I know where like you're going to this. Say, I know where you're going. Yeah, we lost to Louisiana Monroe, and he, he, there was all these the same exact rumblings about the locker room, how he was losing the locker room, the players hated him, he was treated like the substitute teacher is a, is a good analogy for that. But ultimately, is you got to try to when you try to make a culture change, there's going to be some hard, hard lessons that are learned such as losing to Louisiana Monroe. And Saban very much made the point like, hey, if you buy into me and you're not one of the players I recruited, I'll play you. If you work hard, I'll play you. But he was more than willing to take away playing time from very talented guys like DJ Hall if it meant playing somebody he thought had a better attitude. Well, here's the thing. And that was to prove a point. You brought up talent, though. Okay, Bama, went, to be fair, when, when Nick Saban took over Bama, the program was, I'm going to say in shambles, but it, it, it wasn't what it is today in terms of recruiting. We had talent. I want to point out we had talent. Not on the level talent. Texas has, though, right now. Like, Texas has the, so not much that talent. Level. Well, our talent, our, talent, our talent was on defense, not offense. Yeah. We always had good defenses. But, like, right we, now, doesn't Texas here. have, like, the number 10, like, talent composite in the entire nation? Like, they have, this, like, the pieces in place to... To beat most teams, let alone Kansas. Like, that's the thing. Like, I, I get it. New coach sucks. But, like, or having a new coach, the situation sucks. I don't mean Sark sucks. But the like, thing is, they've had, they they had so three talent, different though. defensive coordinators and three three different defensive coordinators in three years. At a certain point, it's just a weird mishmash of players. I kind of pointed out, I remember saying this a few episodes ago, that they remind me of the Dallas Cowboys of college football, <laughs> where they just get the best talent, best, biggest name yeah, yeah. player available without any rhyme or reason as to how they'll actually fit into the scheme yeah. or culture. I can see that. And then they're stuck with Mike McCarthy. Good luck with that. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're a Packers fan. I'm a He's... Packers fan. Well, Mike, hey, hey, Dallas is doing good this year, but I digress. I mean, that's he, Mike McCarthy every now and then had a really good year, but then he'll blow it in the playoffs, so I'm not worried about them. But, no, I, I with, with Texas, man, I, like, I, I wish Sark the best. Like, I obviously, it's fun to laugh at Texas. I think the entire internet was laughing at Texas this weekend uh, because, like, they're asking for it. You know what I mean? They are asking for it. Oh, yeah. Um, but that said, it is it is simultaneously kind of sad to see one of college football's you know, biggest programs to be in this bad of a state. Like, it almost feels bad for the sport to an extent. Because this, this has to be one of the lowest lows Texas has had, at least since the last time they lost to Kansas. <laughs> you know? That's true. I mean, on the final note, I want to give Kansas a little bit of credit. Yes. Yeah, yes. it's Kansas. Their coach, the first year coach, Wisconsin Whitewater's yes, coach. He had a, quite a few championships there. He's pretty good. Ta- okay, it's Kansas, but they're still a Power Five school, mm-hmm. Power Five resources, and their talent composite is still better than ninety percent of Group of Five schools. Really? I, I looked. I did the math. There's only seven Group of Five schools with an equal or better talent composite than Kansas. Wow, didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't realize how big the gap was between talent. And for a lot of it, for a group of five, you know, they, they bring them in, they develop them. Yeah, of course. So, But I, I just want to say it's not like they lost to, like, New Mexico State. No, I, I, I get it. I get it. And it really do, though, shouts out to Kansas. They played fearlessly. You know, they, they, they really laid it all out in the line. They, they did not play to lose, right? Going for two at the end there in overtime, that is the, that is the right call 100% of the time. Even if they didn't make that conversion, you play to win, right? To quote from Herm. You play to win the game. Um, and that's what it takes, man. That's what it takes to beat, you know, to upset a team and, and, and to shock the world. It's something I wish a team like Tennessee had done this weekend against number one Georgia. 
Um, it was really frustrating to, to see them just run the ball over and over again and get nowhere when they started out pretty strong and just they just kind of fell apart at the end. You know, you have to play fearlessly. You do have to play fearlessly. I actually was... Okay, I feel like when teams play Georgia, yeah. they always weirdly play Georgia the exact way Georgia wants to be played yep. and don't come out with an actual game plan beyond just try to run it, et cetera, et cetera, and play boring football. Mm-hmm. I feel like Tennessee... I feel like they probably had some of the most offensive success we've seen against Georgia. I mean, they got 400 yards, 22 yeah. first downs, and That's they were equal lot. in time of possession. Yeah. yeah. And and they were able to drive the ball down the field. They did it multiple times. I actually – I remember it was the first quarter. Uh, Tennessee, on their first two drives, in the first drive, they drove the ball down the field, scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. On the second drive – they drove the ball down the field, and they were lining up for a chip shot field goal. And as they were lining up for the field goal, you could hear the chants in the stadium of UGA, UGA. And I thought, come on, they just they just drove the ball down the field on you, field on you twice. Oh man! In their first two drives, I thought that was pretty funny. But they were able to drive the ball down the field the whole game, even yeah. in the second, third quarter where they didn't score. It's just they couldn't finish the job. Yeah. And I think that's what's going to be really important versus this Georgia defense is they. They're very bend but don't break in a lot of ways, and that's yeah. fine. That's, yeah. that's especially fine in today's football. Yeah, but it shows that they're not. I mean, they're I probably it. the second best defense in the country behind Wisconsin. Hey, hey, shout out, shout out, <laughs> statistically at least. But yeah. it shows that they have key vulnerabilities, and they're not this unstoppable behemoth. And oh, I'm for sure. Because in interesting... wood, if we beat if we beat Arkansas or Auburn, yeah. Knock on wood. And it's it's interesting to see the comparisons between them and us. You know, like obviously Wisconsin is nowhere near as good as Georgia overall, but our defense is quite solid. And I'm finding that the teams that beat us, you know, Michigan, Notre Dame, they had success through the year. And I, I keep saying with Georgia, you need to air it out. You know what I mean? You need to really, again, lay it all, all on the line, play to win, and just take some risks, man. Like you're not going to beat them running the, running the ball. Let's just face it. You're not going to. You're not going to wear them down. They have too much talent. They have too much depth to, to wear them down, right? You need to strike fast and really develop a lead and make Georgia's offense win the game, not their defense. Because Georgia's offense is still a little bit sus at the moment. They are. They are. So it's the same same exact issue. I thought Stetson Bennett probably played his best game of the season. But there still just isn't – you're not seeing enough from him to know that he can be a playmaker when it's really going to count. Playmaker, he can right? scramble. Yeah. He yeah. can get you some quarterback runs for first downs in emergency situations. He can mm-hmm. do that. But, like mm-hmm. – Versus, I think versus Alabama, especially, you're going to have to be able to just make some good throws with yeah. pressure in your face. I saw in the Georgia-Tennessee game, there were so many blitzes dialed up. <laughs> it's it's insane. And yeah. I see the same thing when teams play us. They blitz the crap out of our offensive yeah. line. Yeah. And so I feel like this game, the Georgia versus Alabama game, is going to be really fun to watch, even for neutral fans who don't oh, yeah. care about the SEC. Oh, for sure. It's gonna be there's gonna be there's gonna be a ton of blitzes dialed up in this game, and you're gonna see quarterbacks running for their life. Yeah, I, I am. Quarterbacks. I am so looking forward to that game because to me it's a lock at this point. Bama's gonna be winning the SEC West, um, and I, I I'm hesitant hesitant to say that this is the de facto national championship, but I, I got a feeling whoever wins that game is probably winning the Natty. So it should be it should be a pretty good one. Um, beyond that, Randy, were there any other games you saw this weekend that stood out that were we're talking about. I got a couple here, but want to give you a shot first here. 
You're gonna give me a shot first. I thought I I want to say with Baylor, Oklahoma. Yeah. First of all, I want to talk about the ending to that game. That Please. was just great. Please. <laughs> Every part of this game is why I love college football. The whole like rushing the field twice. Yep. Lincoln Riley and the Oklahoma administration being so petty and kind of mad. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, it was the game was over. Yep. Baylor, all Baylor had to do was kneel the game out. It was 24-14. All they had to do was kneel the run the clock out, but instead they kicked a field goal. And so obviously Oklahoma was mad about that, but then Dave Aranda in the postgame press conference said, hey, based on the Big 12's weird tiebreaker rules, yeah. that's what we have to do to yeah. ensure we can actually get the conference championship. And I thought, okay, that actually makes sense. That's not nearly as disrespectful as I originally thought. Yeah. But Lincoln Riley, was, he, he came back with some, something like, um, based on the uh, unwritten code of sportsmanship, I wouldn't have done that, but I get it. And it's like, dude, this is why you keep having these close games versus terrible teams, and this is why you just lost, because you don't have any killer instinct. You yeah. have to have a killer instinct. Too timid. You know how, like, whenever I'm watching Bama games, you start yeah. seeing me typing You do. You really lose a dude, yeah. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's a, your vision starts primal. Your vision starts vibrating. You start seeing red. You just – you have to have a killer instinct. And, and yeah. like, I joke, but – I know no, you mean. really yeah. do have to have a killer instinct. It's, you want to dominate. Like, if you're an elite team, you're going to dominate every opponent you play. You know, when you smell blood, don't back down. Exactly. Hey, I got to give shots out though to Dave Aranda. Um, he used to be the defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. Obviously, went on to LSU, won a national title there. Um, I, I think he's low key one of the more underrated coaches in college football right now. I think Baylor has a really good guy in him. I think he's going to be, especially once Oklahoma and Texas leave the Big Twelve, dude. I could see Baylor being one of the consistently best teams in the Big Twelve. So long as they have Aranda around, I agree. I think uh, Matt Rule left them with a good situation, and he's even building upon that. Yeah. Um, I find it very telling that he was the defensive coordinator under Coach O, and that he hated Coach O. <laughs> I find that to be a good sign. I also find it success. interesting that the LSU kind of sucked after he left. Um, it, it's it's interesting to, to, to ponder because he he really was. I mean, when he was from when he was here in Wisconsin, he was exceptional. So I'm not I'm not at all surprised he's doing great elsewhere, but. LSU looks like a totally different team, you know, compared to 2019. And I don't think it's just Joe Burrow. I think their defense plays a pretty big role in that. And that comes down it to does, Miranda, it does. you know. They had great assistance, and a lot of times that's what you need. Exactly. I did also want to talk about Auburn and Mississippi State. Please do. And man, it was such a great game. That was – I just loved every second of that game. <laughs> I know a running joke on the show that a friend of the show likes for me to say is that Mississippi State is cringe. They are cringe. But, hey – they beat Texas A&M and they beat Auburn and that's who we needed to see lose. Yeah, that's they exactly why. Up the list. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and no, but the game was amazing. It was another 28 to 3 game, yeah. which is the ultimate meme meme score in college football. If you remember the Super Bowl, of course. New England versus Atlanta where Atlanta was winning 28-3. Yeah. Auburn was winning 28-3 at one point and Mississippi State scored 40 unanswered points. Good god. And that's the thing about the air raid is that you never know what Mississippi State or Mike Leach is going to bring week to week. Yeah. They can beat A&M. They can beat a pretty good Auburn team. They can beat Kentucky. But then they'll get then they'll lose to LSU and lose to Memphis and yeah. lose to Arkansas. It's like a glass cannon. Like, if it works, it works great. If it doesn't, you're going to get destroyed. Like, there's really and no in-between. I, think, I think Mississippi State's fine with that. Yeah. I think they're perfectly I fine so with too. that. They're like, they, they said, hey, if when it works, we might be able to pick off Alabama. Yeah. yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah, that's that's how, again, playing fearlessly, like, you know, you have to really just kind of go for it when you're playing big opponents like that. Um, and I respect it, I respect it. Absolutely. Bo Nix, by the way, last note in the game, Please. Bo Nix is out for the year, and oh. their kicker, Andres Carlson, is out for the year. So. I didn't realize that. I, I uh, 
Was he injured? I, I feel like a fool. He, he broke his ankle. Oh, he no. broke. Here's the thing. He actually broke his ankle and then went back into the game for part of the game and yeah. played on the broken ankle. Oh, because I remember I thought, out. yeah, because I thought I knew he was injured, I, I could, but I remember him going back into the game, so I didn't realize that he's playing on a broken ankle. Yeah. Good guy. And I don't think he injured it further, but hey, I get props to him for playing, trying to play. Yeah. The, he's tough. Yeah. No, I got that. Bo Nix has been far from Auburn's problem this year. He's he's gutted it out yes. in quite a few good games. I remember the LSU game. Um, I think it was at the Ole Miss game. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly which one, but he's played some pretty good tough football. Yes, it was Ole Miss in the LSU game. I remember that really stuck out to you me. Definitely, you see the talent, and you see the heart, dude, honestly. He really plays um, with a lot of passion, and I, I, I've always liked that. So. Yeah, I mean he's an Auburn legacy, so his dad played for Auburn. He wants to do he wants to do well. He loves Auburn and I respect him for it. Yeah. All right, couple of games uh, real quick I wanted to touch on. Um I, I made two predictions last week. Uh one was that Penn State would beat Michigan and one was that Iowa would beat Minnesota. And well I was wrong about Penn State versus Michigan, sort of. Um sort of. I, I, I predicted Penn State would win, that that obviously didn't happen. Uh, but it, it was a very close game. It was a very difficult win for Michigan. Um, I was looking on ESPN.com, and at one point, with like five minutes to go in the game, Penn State had like a 75% chance to win the game. So really, I mean, Michigan basically came from behind uh, in order to win this one. And I don't know, man. At this point in the season, it kind of feels like Michigan is who we think they are. Like, they're pretty good, maybe even great, but they're they're not elite. Not elite enough to make the playoffs, not elite enough to beat Ohio State and, you know, go on to win the Big Ten. And I, I think this game just kind of further proves that, man. Like, they, they really shouldn't have struggled this much against Penn State. Uh, I know it was on the road, but I don't know. Like, Michigan's good. I'm not saying they're bad. Like, I've, I've been saying all year they're good. They're just, they're not, they're not this playoff caliber team. They're not the number six team in the nation. Uh, that's just kind of the point I'm trying to drive home. No, I completely I, I, I agree. I see that they they're Michigan. They're very prototypical Michigan, what Michigan has always been known for, yeah. which is a ten, sometimes eleven win team. Yeah. And there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. No. I think the real hang up that people Michigan fans have with Harbaugh is they could stomach the win loss total so much more if they could just beat Ohio State I, just I once in a while. I completely agree. I really I think, think that's what it boils down to. Yeah, all things considered, Michigan is a program. Like, they're, they're one of the best Big Ten programs, I'd say, out there. And coincidentally, generally a top 15, occasionally top 10 team. So, like, there's very little to complain about overall. It's just the Ohio State thing. And let's face it, dude. They're, they're not going to beat Ohio State this year. I know we said at the start of the year they were. We did say that. <laughs> Michigan, Ohio State's gotten so much better. Ohio State's still Ohio State. And Michigan is still Michigan. So... It's just fate, dude. They're not going to beat them. I hey, wish it's they the narrative would. of the season. But, yes. This narrative of the season, though. Some teams improve. Some yeah. teams regress. Some teams stay about the same. Michigan's been about and the same the whole year. They just kind of are who they are. I don't know. I think, and I mean, that's also really important to keep in mind as we continue to like try to judge certain teams moving forward. I know you had a point you wanted to make on this, but so for example, people look look blanketly at was this a ranked win, yes or no, yeah. and then just. That's all the logic they want to throw into yeah. it without thinking any further into it. And it's like, whether they were ranked at the time, where they're ranked now, mm-hmm. did they have another quarterback come in and did their guy get benched and they're playing mm-hmm. better now? How, how good were they when they actually played? And I think it's, it can be kind of hard to judge that. And honestly, I think a lot of the time people, people want to give the answer that's not the accurate answer, but the answer that makes them 
feel better. Yeah. I guess. I mean, I'm guilty of it like, too. People, but... people were wanting to call A and M an unranked loss for the longest time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's. I think yeah, I think I know, most unbiased people saw it, saw what happened. Like, okay, that's technically an unranked loss. We'll yeah. make fun of them for it, but yeah. that's not that's not a bad loss yeah, by uh, They're Alabama. obviously a pretty good team. Yeah, I get that. Um, and yeah, I mean, just like beyond anything else, I think beyond the wins and losses, what I think really matters is kind of like where you are now. Where have you been? Like, where have you come from? Right. And like, how are you performing at this exact moment? And to me, I mean, with a team like Michigan, again, they just kind of have been fairly consistent the whole year. They, they haven't really shifted a, shifted it up a gear at any point and like really, you know, pounded teams. I mean, again, they, they barely survived Penn State, whereas, you know, you kind of would expect them to win by two or three touchdowns. So it is what it is. But this brings up a point. Yeah. Okay, so Oregon. Oregon has the marquee win against Ohio oh, State. Yes. Oh, yes. We have to really ask ourselves, it's Ohio State. It is. At the end of the day, it's a win at Ohio State. But we know what Ohio State was looking like then versus yes. what they look like now. And yes. I mean, they, they deserve the credit for that. But in terms of judging how good Oregon is, I don't think it tells us that much about them it shows that they can take advantage of a great team that's having a poor performance mm-hmm. which is bound to happen in football yeah now i i have a lot to say about oregon it's i was talking to you earlier about this so my, my biggest gripe with oregon is it feels like the world is just collectively okay with declaring them number three in the nation being okay with them off oh, if oregon wins out of, of course they're the playoffs of course why wouldn't they be but i i, I say time out let's, let's hold up a minute here Okay, since defeating Ohio State, this is I've looked this up. They have played one team with a winning record. It was UCLA. They beat them Ooh. thirty-four to thirty-one. And I mean UCLA is six and four. They're not a you know top twenty-five team or anything. As a whole, I mean the Pac-12 is extremely weak this year. Like this is probably one of the weakest Power Five conferences I've seen in a very long time. You think about all those losses that the Pac-12 had to G five schools at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, and, and and beyond that, I mean, the, the way Oregon is beating these really bad Pac-12 teams, it's it's not that impressive, dude. Like, really, they, you're looking back, they 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 they've been barely surviving a lot of these teams. They were tied at half to Washington State. Uh, it was a one-score game against, for the most part, against Washington, right? And and the thing is, we've seen Ohio State improve and dominate these teams, dominate bad teams. Which yes, they're bad teams, but they're dominating them. They're looking more physical, faster, stronger, smarter, right? Oregon's not doing that. Like, I, I could forgive them for having a bad schedule if they dominated consistently, but that's just not the case, dude. And, and to me, that's that's such a red flag at this point that I, I know they have the head-to-head, but really, I think Ohio State is, is, is a far superior team to, to Oregon at this point. And if it came down to it, I would much rather have Ohio State in the playoffs than Oregon. I agree to an extent. I feel like if they played today, mm-hmm. then... Ohio State would definitely win with the changes they made on defense and with the improvements we've seen from CJ Stroud. And that's, that's part of the weird part about college football is that a lot of times, like we have with the playoff committee, we have this argument about most deserving versus best for Mm -hmm. most deserving four versus best for. Mm -hmm. I mean, I mean, that's, that's just part of the unfortunate, unfortunate situation of only having a 14 playoff. Yeah. That's why I've always been in favor of expansion because I don't want to have to keep making these, these, these these uh, choices between most deserving and probably best based on the eye test. Yeah. Uh, and in a situation like this, I don't want to completely discount this win. 
And I don't want to just completely derail their whole season because they had one loss. I mean, teams well, come out and have four performances. It, it just happens. What's interesting is you look at the whole, like, the one loss thing. Like, that loss to Stanford is, in my opinion, the worst loss of any playoff contender in the entire playoff 100%. Era. 100%. They're 3-7, dude. Stanford is 3-7. and seven. Remember in 2014, the first year of the playoffs, when Ohio State, like, barely made the playoffs and there was a big controversy because they lost to Virginia Tech? Remember that? Yes, I do remember Virginia that. Tech Virginia Tech was like, a six and six team. Six and six team. Okay, they were much better than Stanford is right now. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. It's like I, and, I get I get the argument for judging teams by their best performance, but there's also an argument to be made for like looking at the bigger picture, right? Like in 2018, Purdue destroyed Ohio State at 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 home. Okay, should, should Purdue have made the playoff because they had like the best win of the season that year? No, of course not. There, there's a there's a big picture, right? And, you know, highs are one thing, lows are another. But ideally, a team should be playing near its peak pretty consistently throughout the entire year and only have, the, like, the lows, you know, and really only dip on a handful of occasions. We've seen Bama dip here and there, but overall, week after week, they're playing pretty pretty much at a high level, right? Same with Ohio State. Not so much with Oregon. That's kind of how I look at it. I agree completely. I think there is a lot of room for nuance in these types of conversations, especially as we kind of choose. Yeah. yeah, there has to be as, as as we try to choose who we think are them, who we choose should be in the playoffs. Yeah, and I man, I just I feel bad for Cincinnati getting caught up in all this because there's there's a very real chance that Cincinnati wins out and doesn't get in, but Oregon <laughs> wins out and get uh, gets in despite having that really bad loss. Because in my ma- my mind, Randy, and I've said this before to you. I, I genuinely believe the AAC is stronger than the Pac-12 this year. You do. I really I could do. see it. I could see and, it. I and mean, they have the gap Houston. is very small. I agree. Okay, so just looking at the AAC, I'm going to list off some teams that yeah. some people will be familiar with. Please. Houston is nine and one. Yeah. Cincinnati is still undefeated. SMU is eight and two. They still have UCF. Teams like East Carolina, which is pretty consistently good. Memphis. Yeah, these are, these are good teams. But, I mean, those are some pretty good teams. Those are decent. These are good teams. And, I mean, and they're consistently good. It's not like this is a one-year thing it, where they just got fighting exactly. in a bottle. The, the Pac-12's inconsistency and chaos. Like, we like to joke about Pac-12 after dark and how it's all crazy. But, like, it's getting to the point where it's the, the Pac-12 just eats itself alive so much that, like, you sort of lose respect for the conference. Like, there are so many just random fluke losses and teams losing that have – absolutely no business losing these games you know what i mean and we, we at some point we can't just chalk it up to pac-12 after dark i'm sorry but we have to at some point face reality which is that the pac-12 has been kind of falling behind compared to the other power conferences lately i mean have you been looking at like the you've seen pictures of like the home stadiums and, and like the student sections uh, they're they're, they're, they're empty they're empty and they and they're usually in pretty big areas too yes. population wise yes. people make fun of us for saying adjust means more and i know that's kind of like <laughs> a, a slap at the big 10 but we're small rural towns with big stadiums that fill them up and they're a huge bustling metropolises mm-hmm. metropolises that can't fill up a 40,000 yeah. person stadium even even smaller big 10 teams fill up like i i've seen like illinois games this year that were like completely packed you know, it's it's just it, – I, it, I think it has less to do like, oh, the SEC is so great or, oh, the Big Ten is so great. It has way more to do with just the Pac-12 dude is falling behind because it didn't used to be like this. At least I'm, I'm pretty sure it didn't used to be like this, you know. It wasn't like this. No, I would say 10 years ago the Pac-12 was probably one of the stronger conferences. Yeah. Like I don't know what happened. Like it, it must be like a cultural thing I think more than anything. Like that that has to be it, right? It's just people there aren't nearly as interested. I in really think that's so They don't buy into it as much unless they're actually a graduate. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not really sure. I don't know, but 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 as a result, man, I'm, I'm just saying, as a result, the AAC, dude, you watch some of these AAC games, 
You watch a Cincinnati home game? This place is rocking. You know oh, I mean? it is. It looks like it'd be a lot of fun to be at to go to one of these games. And so, I I, I mean, I, I get it. Fan attendance isn't a one-to-one correlation with how good your team is. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, man, it feels like the Pac-12 has really fallen behind overall, whereas the AAC is obviously surging upward. I mean, we're seeing AAC teams join the Big 12. Um, but, I mean, that all said, man, Cincinnati, they played good teams. They overall played a pretty good schedule. They also have a really, really good win, one of the top three wins of the entire season, I'd say, in dominating Notre Dame. Notre Dame. They, okay. dom- they dominated Notre Dame at Notre Dame. At Notre Dame from start to finish. That I mean, that's not as impressive as Ohio State. But but honestly, in hindsight, it sort of is because Ohio State at the time wasn't that good. Right? It was, at least Notre Dame was, you know, it was, it was in its midseason form. Notre Dame is who they are. Yeah. They, they were yeah. where they were by the time they played them, whereas Ohio State is a very different team now than they were then. So, like, that's that's one thing to consider as well, man. I mean, Notre Dame, they're probably going 11-1. You know, like, yeah, they're going to be it's I feel bad for them, too, because they're definitely going to be on the outside looking in uh, of the playoffs. Like it would take a it would take a lot for Notre Dame to get in. But that's, oh, they should join a conference. That's the thing I was thinking, like if they're in the AAC, they probably ACC rather, they'd probably be in the playoffs, you know, just like win out like a 12 exactly, ACC would. team. They're making it right. But yeah, I mean, I guess it's their loss. But <laughs> I, I just I, I I'm hoping for Cincinnati, dude. I think the world is, but I I, would I feel really bad love for them. them. I, I do feel bad for them because it's we it's, it's a very weird situation where they probably have one of the best wins in the country. Yeah, at Notre Dame, like they said, mm-hmm. but the rest of their schedule is pretty bad, to be honest with you. That's at least up to this point, they do play SMU next week, who's yep. eight and two, that's and they'll get a chance to play nine and one Houston. So yeah. maybe it'll round itself out. Well, that's the thing because have... they'll be ending on a higher note. Like you have to consider. They that, will, right? but you, you listen, listen, listen. I'm Look listening. at who Ohio State's playing to close out the season: that's true. Michigan State and well, Michigan, well, who again, are both again, top ten teams. You shouldn't compare Cincinnati to Ohio State or Alabama or Georgia. Compare them to Oregon. I, I, I keep saying that, man. Like, okay, like, okay, like they sh- okay. They shouldn't get in over Ohio State. They should get in over Oregon. I think if, if the world could just see that, we'd all see the light and would just collectively agree that Oregon is the fraud here, not Cincinnati. You know, don't don't. You know, I could I, I agree with you, but that's part of the this is part of the problem with like just going off of eye test what mm-hmm. we feel, even though Oregon. Did that's what the committee's do doing, the, dude. <laughs> I mean, that is what the committee's doing. So we're going to do it, too. I guess rubber stamp it. I guess. But, oh, but man, even, even if you look at it from the metric of, OK, just wins and losses, Cincinnati would be undefeated. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, there you go. True. So, either way you, you slice it, man, in my opinion, they should be in. So, I'm going to be devastated when they aren't. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it looks like the playoff is going to come down to, it looks like seven or eight teams. It's going to come down to Oregon, yeah. Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and one. Did I say Cincinnati? No, not yet. Okay, Cincinnati. So, eight teams, and then one of either Michigan, Michigan State, and Ohio State. Like the I think Ohio I may State. have said Ohio State. Yeah. No, I but, know what you mean. I know what you mean. There are technically three Big Ten teams still in contention, but let's be honest, it'll be it's Ohio gonna, State. It'll be Ohio yeah. State. yeah. <laughs> hey, if I saw a miracle, Michigan wins the uh, the big game. That should be good. See what happens. You know, actually, want to just cut to that? I I, I wanted to preview uh, some of the next week's games, and one game I wanted to talk about was Michigan State at Ohio State. Um, is that fair? Can move on. Yeah, to that. go ahead. So here's the thing: it, it feels like to me. Like, it, as much as we were just hyping Ohio State, it still feels to an extent that the world, like, collectively forgot that Ohio State was in the national championship last year. And it feels like we've also forgot that Ryan Day has literally never lost to a Big Ten team. He's he's lost just one regular season game in his entire career. 
And I looked it up. It's been over a thousand days since that fateful loss to Purdue, which we all remember and love. A thousand days. Tyler Kinnick game. They're, they're very far removed from the, the age of losing to Iowa at Kinnick on the road. Right? They don't they don't lose fluke games anymore. Okay. Ryan Day has them has his ducks in the row. Okay. And listen, Michigan State's having a great year. They really are, all things considered, with a second-year head coach. But in my mind, man, the, their, their playoff dreams are officially dashed this Saturday. Um, we saw Michigan State already lose to Purdue. We saw them at their absolute worst. And you know, conversely, we've also seen them at their best versus Michigan. Um, at home, they, they won a pretty close game, if you recall. And looking into this game, I, I've got a theory on Michigan State versus Ohio State that, that can be extended to other games. But my theory is this. When the underdog is playing the favorite, okay, let's get hypothetical here. Let's say the underdog executes perfectly, okay? They come out guns blazing, they score early, they, they execute flawlessly in, like, every conceivable way, all right? We're talking no drop passes, no missed assignments, no turnovers, all right? They, they play fearless, they play relentless, they, they play their best game they possibly can. And then let's say the favorite comes out and is caught sleeping, they, they play sloppy, they play undisciplined, they don't play good football, they play their worst game of the year. Texas A&M versus Alabama right If here. that happens, is there any chance that the underdog can beat the, the heavy favorite? Well, absolutely. We just saw Texas Absolute, versus Kansas, right? But not this week. There is literally, I, I do not see a scenario where even if Michigan plays like flawlessly, dude, and Ohio State plays their Ooh. worst game, they play worse than they did against Oregon, I, I don't see even then a scenario where Michigan State keeps it within 10, okay? I think Ohio State is going to just, just utterly eviscerate and annihilate Michigan State and, and send ripples through a call triple that, hey, Ohio State's still here, dude. Like, this is the number two team in the country. They'll be, they'll be behind Georgia or Bama in, in, the, in the rankings, but they will, be, they will be locked in at number two in, in the playoff rankings uh, come postseason because, dude, it's, it's Ohio State, man. I don't know what to tell you. They're still insanely you, you good. You do have a lot of confidence. In them. I mean, hey, you're you're very dialed into the big ten. It is stupid how good they are. I know what you mean. They definitely feel like the Alabama of the Big they Ten, are. where no they matter are. where no matter how much they look like they're about to slip up, they just they happen to they pull it together. They know dime. what to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And again, I, no disrespect to Michigan State. They're they're a really good team. They would probably beat us, but. <laughs> uh, they would. They're, they are. They're having. I, I mean it, dude. They, Mel Tucker is doing some good things there, and you know maybe next year, maybe they're after that, but not this year. Let's face it. Ohio State's All right, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> There's unfortunately not a lot of SEC games I'm that interested in. Really? Um, I feel like they're going to go about as expected, or just not be interesting. However, oh, oh. we just talked about Oregon and the Pac-12. Did. Oregon plays number twenty-four, seven and three, Utah. Utah benched their starting quarterback, I think, after three three games. Yep. And then since they benched their starting quarterback yes. and replaced them, they are now six and one. Yes, they are. Yeah. And they've looked good. All of these, all literally every single win is by multiple scores. Yeah, they've been, they've been winning pretty comfortably, which is they've been winning comfortably. And this is this is mind you, this is at Utah at night. At night, Pac-12 after dark. So I'm, I'm really hoping, dude, because I, I think Utah should win this one. And they're actually favored, if you look it up. I think they're like a three-point favorite really? in Vegas. Yeah. Dude, if Utah can pull this off, I mean, this would make the play our whole playoff discussion a lot easier, <laughs> you know, because Oregon would, would be out of the picture entirely. Um, so I, I'm really hopeful, man. And, I, I again, the more I think about it, man, I, I think they can pull this off. I, I really do. Utah has looked good lately. They have way more momentum than Oregon has. They have the confidence. It's at home at night. I think they win. Flat out, I think they win. I can see it. If, 
I could see it. Gun to head, I would say. Gun to head. Oh. I would say Oregon. If I had to make a choice, wow. I would say Oregon. But, but my heart says Utah. At a minimum, do you see it being close? At a minimum, do you see it being an exciting... I do. It's going to be close. I mean, it's going to be close, but it's going to be, if it's close, it's going to be deceptively close. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay. it's going to be one of those like 10 point games where you could tell that one team is just better throughout the course of the game. Yeah. But so, even though it's technically close, you can just tell one team is better. Yeah, this is uh this is the second to last week of the year. I think next week we're gonna have a ton to talk about in terms of previewing games and whatnot. One thing we've discussed is um, potentially having uh, viewers who who tune in the gym podcast sending in some clips, uh, maybe giving a little blurb about their team and who they're playing in rivalry week. Uh, Randy, your thoughts on this? Uh, for, yes, for I do week? plan on doing that. I was going to send out like the instructions for that whenever we post this episode okay. uh, to everybody. And I know we do plan on having more guests. So mm-hmm. for those that are in the notepad file, I have a notepad file of every guest that I plan to get to. This does <laughs> not count for that. I don't want you to think this counts as your guest appearance. It does oh, no. not. This is completely separate from that. We're going to have you on in full episodes. Mm-hmm. I do want to talk about that very quickly. It's been hard to get guests in. We've both been very... Yeah busy IRL mm-hmm. so it's hard to like find a proper time and do all the planning and stuff like it, it actually does involve a little bit of work to have a guest come on yeah for sure and that's definitely something we're looking forward to like maybe in the future you know gym podcast season two <laughs> maybe having like a yes, standardized absolutely. time hey, if we keep you know, it going or... definitely if we keep it going during the off season it's going to be very easy there is that's stuff true. to talk about in the off season oh, sure. especially yeah. bowl season bowl season i think is going to be looking really forward good to bowl too. season in general so yeah we'll, we'll have plenty to talk about but just put it out there because i i would love to hear what you guys have to say about you know your team and whatnot maybe giving us some insight that we haven't thought of because yeah dude the week after this week is i i'd say probably like the best weekend of the year for college football overall like i know bowl season's great but man there, there is nothing like rivalry weekend Oh, that's so great! There's all of the games are just so so much chippier. Yes, you can just tell they want. They you can tell they actually want to fight, and they have something something to prove. Yeah, and that's what makes you know college football so great, man. It, it feels like the rivalries one exist, and two, just 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 me more to quote the SEC. It it really does just me more to that <laughs> extent. But but for everyone across the board, like you know, you, I'll just say like I mean, you know, growing up like in Alabama, like there's just like. I, I they make imagine. fun of you. They, yeah. I remember, okay, during middle school, <laughs> Auburn fans would do the dumb thumb thing and fear the thumb, fear the thumb. Okay, they won that game. Okay, fear the second hand. Wow. They won They won again my, my freshman year of high school. Oh my it was how oh, I had to deal with all of that crap. And that's the thing about living, living in – that's why I love in-state rivalries. I think they're pretty unmatched when it, turn, when it comes to rivalry prowess. Wow. Is that you have to live with these people. That's fair. You have, they get three, 365 days worth of bragging rights, and they will bring it up at work and at school and everything. <laughs> and I think that's something – I'm not disrespecting the game, Michigan game. versus Ohio State. I think year. it's a very – it's probably it, – I would say it's 1A and 1B in terms of That's rivalry fair. games. That's fair. I don't think it's fair to have a discussion of which is bigger. Yeah. But I think it's different in that yeah. they have a hatred for the, for each other that's not like brotherly hatred. Yeah. It's it's a little different because it's they refuse much. to go into each other's states and it's crap. True. And they use, it's true. you know, but they don't have to live with them. They can just kind <laughs> yeah. of go to their own separate state and then wallow in their own misery and not be constantly reminded of yeah. it. It's interesting. I feel it feels like every maybe two or three years, the the Michigan versus Ohio State game, you've got like technically both teams like playoffs are on the line. 
because Ohio State wins anyway. Yeah, Ohio State wins anyway, and like <laughs> Michigan will like come out guns blazing in the first half and then collapse in the second. I, I see that scenario playing out again this year. I think it happened in like 2018 and 2016. Um, yep, that's exactly what happens. Exactly what happens, and I and I think I think I want to talk about playoff expansion one more time at least. Please, and please. I think if we had at least an 18 playoff with yep. auto bids for uh, conference championship winners. Mm-hmm. I think that would make rivalry week so much more intense mm. because you would have teams that can sneak into the sneak into the conference championship game with the yes. win over the rival. It, yes. it adds that aspect to it, and it makes us pay attention to a lot of games we otherwise wouldn't. Yeah, I, I I'm telling you, man, if there were, if there was an auto bid for winning the Big Ten, uh, my heart would be racing every single at least every other uh, December when we face Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. It feels like we're there like every year, every other year, and. Uh, like, it is sad because, generally speaking, when we face them, it's like, well, we want to win, but it doesn't really make too much of a difference. You know what I mean? Like, even if we win, we're not making the playoffs, right? We're like a two-loss team. You'll but still go to the Rose Bowl. You can still go to the Rose Bowl. But it, it would be pretty – like, how I felt in 2017 when we actually had a shot at the playoffs, where if we had beat them, it was – you know, we'd, we'd be in. I felt so much emotion that night, and it was like it was like an extremely sad night. But, like, I haven't felt quite like that in a loss since then because, like, it just – the implications were so much greater. Right, it's not just like randomly losing a conference championship; it's losing a spot at the playoffs. And if you had auto bids, auto bids, like every conference championship would be effectively a playoff game, right? If you if you think about it like that. Um, so, I'd like to see that. I, I'll say. I mean, I'm biased, I'd love to but see it. <laughs> I'd love to see that too. So I remember. So I remember that 2017 game, the yeah. uh, 2017 Wisconsin Ohio State game. Yeah. It was never the same. The game completely changed momentum after Turf Guy came on and fixed it did. the turf. It did. It pisses me off. It, that really was the turning <laughs> point of the game. Because I think that similarly, we came out. I want to say we were winning for like the first half or something like that. Or it was very close. You were winning for the first three quarters. And yeah, it's just, that's usually how it goes, dude. Like that's how it goes against Ohio State, man. Like doesn't matter how prepared you are your game plan like it the hardest part with ohio state and and alabama and elite teams in general is keeping up because they're gonna have so much depth and 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 talent across the board that you know their second string could come in here and there and and not fall behind right and if if a guy gets injured halfway through the game it's not the end of the world whereas for us like in 2019 our best linebacker went down halfway through the game against ohio state and we just kind of collapsed you know what I mean? Like it's just it's it's, yeah. it's harder to come back from those kind of setbacks when you're not loaded with five star guys. But it's fun to believe. It's fun to have. That's why we have the fourth quarter program. That's why Scott Cockard always holds up his his four. We don't have him anymore, thankfully. But he always holds up his four fingers the entire fourth quarter. I mean, that's that's how you that's where you win the game. That the is fourth quarter. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And historically, we're not good at it. So maybe we need a guy on the sidelines holding the four. Maybe that's a problem. We'll see. <laughs> or maybe you just need some uh, some more recruits. I don't know. That, that's probably it, actually. But <laughs> all right. Uh, I any... want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, please. I did want to talk about Cincinnati and SMU. Let's go for it. Eight and two, eight and two, SMU. Uh, unranked, uh, eight and two, SMU. Mind you, this is unranked, unranked eight and two. This is not ranked team, Randy. It's unranked. It can't be good. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't even know if I'm ready to go in a separate tangent on that. Okay, just because a team is ranked thirtieth or thirty fifth. Does that mean you can just call it an unranked win yep. and just leave it at that and say it's a bad win or a bad loss? Because there is a big difference between the 30th ranked team 
and the 90th ranked team. <laughs> very, big difference, say, yes. <laughs> very big difference. And, and that's why I've, I've never been a fan of saying unranked wins, unranked losses. I think there just needs to be – I like the way college basketball does it with the quadrants. Yeah. You have yeah, quad 100%. one, quad two, quad three, quad yes, four wins. Absolutely. I like that so much yeah. better. We need something like that. That's clarity ball. to the system. I agree. Regardless, I wanted to talk about this game. Sure. Because Cincinnati, they keep they keep doing this thing mm-hmm. where they come out, they come out strong in the first half. It looks like they've pretty much put the team away. But knowing they need to put up style points and knowing they need to not lift their foot off the gas and just keep running up the score, yeah. they can't manage to do it. It's true. Weren't they like winning like 35 to 7 or something? At one point Versus last South week, like, it was a yeah. blowout. But then they kind of like in the second half, late in the second half, they kind of you know put their they foot, up their the foot off the gas. Yeah. And South Florida come back, and I know, I know they're not just letting that happen because they know the game is over. They know what they're fighting for. They know what these what these what these points mean. These extra style points mean, mm-hmm. and they know it was a Friday night. They were the only game on. Yeah, they know watching. everybody was watching that. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, but like I. I feel like I can't fault them too much because they did dominate. They won pretty easily. But yeah, I, on the other hand, yes, style points, unfortunately, do matter quite a lot in college football. So And when you know they matter, you need to put them up. That's true. So this so game, you know what do you think? Like, I mean, do you assume Cincinnati wins this one? And if so, by how much? I do assume. Yeah, I think Cincinnati's going to win. I think Cincinnati's definitely a better team. They're clearly a better team. I, I'm, again, interested to see if they're going to pull out something to try to put up some style points versus SMU. Yeah. Uh, this will be their best win since the Notre Dame game. Yes, yes. Which so was a little early in the season, the fourth game of the season. Yeah, it's, it's a good like litmus test for like where they are now, right? If they could, if they, because if they come out and they actually not only score early but like keep it up, let's say they win by like thirty-five or something, right? Something very convincing. I, I think that would restore a lot of faith in people um, for for Cincinnati. I think even the committee would look at that and be more willing to put them in. Yeah. Um, maybe even over Oregon, like we just talked about. Yeah. Especially if Oregon, even if Oregon wins, if, if Oregon struggles, like they've been struggling, <laughs> you know. Yeah, we've seen how Cincinnati, or how, we see how the committee treats teams with struggle wins. Yeah, 100%. So I mean, look it'll at Oklahoma. Very interesting. Look at Oklahoma. They get a respect. Oh yeah. Well, now they've lost the baby. Oh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how far they drop. We're, we're of course recording this on Monday. Rankings aren't, aren't all Oh, yeah, we but, have not seen the rankings, by but the way. But I'm going to actually predict they only dropped to, like, 11. And here's why. You think? They were already ranked pretty... They were ranked number eight heading into the game because it was assumed that they were a little bit sus. Well, they were exposed yeah. as being a little bit sus, and so they're not going to, like, plummet. They're just going to kind of move down a little bit. They were already almost treated as if they had a loss. Exa- exactly. That's like, a way to put it. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I, I actually agree with that. They probably won't drop very far. But for Cincinnati, that's a team that's undefeated that was behind them that they now don't really have to worry about. Yeah, that's a good point. Less things. And I mean, hey, that's a lot of that's going to sort itself out between Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. It's, it, that'll sort itself out. Bama and Georgia will sort itself out to an extent. Right, right. We just we man, we need Utah to win this weekend. We need Oregon to lose. We really do need Utah to win. I want I want to see Utah win. I want to leave us with some room for error. Yes. I just I just like that. I want I want to see us sneak imagine, just imagine. I'm just imagine. Georgia beats us. We get two oh, losses. We sneak into the playoffs Over because uh, <laughs> Well, we sneak into the playoffs, you know, Oregon loses, whatever. Somehow we get in. Yeah. Rematch and we beat Georgia. I could just knock on it's knock on wood. All right. The is, is that not something you can see happening? No, I absolutely, and I could see it only really happening to a team like Alabama because Alabama gets away with this stuff. 
We saw it in 2018, 2018 when you guys won. To the- be fair, no, I want to be fair. I feel like we've at least earned the benefit of the doubt. People want to act like every season's a new season and a new team. But, I mean, come on. It's, it's Nick Saban. Yeah. It's Nick Saban. I feel like you should get somewhat of a benefit of the doubt. Not based on your name, but based on what you've recently accomplished. <laughs> I, I, I get it. I get I it. I mean, your name can be a little attached to that. I get it. I get it. But hey, this is why we need expansion. Again, this is why we need expansion. We, we shouldn't be having to make the choice between teams that we can look at and they look like they, they definitively can compete in the playoffs versus mm-hmm. teams that okay, they don't they look a little suspect, but they've they've earned a chance to at least prove it. 100%. 100%. Yeah, I don't think the current system is going to last much longer. I know we're waiting on ESPN and contracts and all this stuff to expire, but I, I can't imagine the playoffs being like it is now. Ten years from now, twenty twenty-five. I think, it's, I think it'll, it'll be twenty-five is when the contract. It'll be up. different by then. I'm pretty sure. Some way or another, it'll be different. I don't know how, but it I, looks like so. It looks like based on what we're hearing that they're going to try to do twelve-team playoff, uh, five power, five power five auto bids. conferences get yeah. yeah auto bids, one the top-rated group of five member, and mm-hmm. then the rest are at larges. Which yeah. hey, I'm okay something. with that. No, I, I would love that because it means Wisconsin might every now and then make the playoffs. So. <laughs> And hey, it, it, and Wisconsin is the type of team to do stuff like this. They can get it rolling late in the season. Yep. They can be forgiven for what they for. And I mean, teams like Wisconsin that don't quite have the talent of Ohio State, yep. they have to they have to do this. They have to see what they have yep. and improve over the course of the season. And in this current format, they don't have the opportunity to do that. Yeah. And you bring up things like how you know recru- with the, the teams that are in the playoffs every year keep getting the same recruits, like really high rated recruits, because they make the playoffs. Whereas exactly. That's also part of it. If you expanded, it's like Wisconsin could be like, "Hey, we made the playoffs last year. Come here. Come, come play the playoffs. Play you'll have Alabama, a chance to compete you know? for a championship. Exactly. You'll have a ch- and it's and it's a legitimate so, chance. Like I realize if we played Bama twenty times, we might win one time. But it's like it's a not. It's not even chance. about that. You know what I mean? It's not even about that. I think for a lot of recruits, is a they want playing time, and b they want some national exposure because they're yeah. trying to make. And you'll the get NFL. that in the playoff, regardless of where you go. You'll get that in the playoff, yeah, exactly. exactly. And I think also the compete for a championship thing. I think that is important to them. They want to be a piece of a team. For there's, I mean, there different recruits have different mentalities. Of course, and I think for a lot of recruits, they're going to have the mentality that, hey, I want to be the first guy to do it at the school. Yeah. Hundred percent. I want to be a part of the first first taste of success for these fans because I know how they're going to react. Yeah, hundred percent. I, actually, I think Graham Mertz is kind of here for that. <laughs> we'll see if we ever get there. But <laughs> he's he's basically said that um, interviews as to why he chose here instead of other places. But was he highly? I did not know he was a highly rated recruit. What are you, are you joking? No, I no. didn't know. I mean, Dude, I don't, I'm sorry. Bama I offered him. To the Big Ten recruiting. Oh, Bama we did. offered him. Yeah, Ohio State offered him. All right, it's true. Uh, but he somehow, for whatever reason, wanted to stay here. My guess is because he was basically guaranteed to be the starter. But, um, you know, like, I, it is what it is, man. Like, I, I think if we made the playoffs, we would get more high-caliber, you know, bigger-name recruits like that just by virtue of making the playoffs. So I realize this is very yeah, selfish. Yeah. But really, I think everyone kind of feels the same. Everyone who's not Bama, Ohio State, Clemson, right? The, 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 the Wisconsin's of the world, of which there are many, it, it would benefit them to have an expanded playoffs is how I look at it. So... Exactly, and the Oklahoma State. So I feel like we're overlooking teams yes. like Oklahoma State, it's Ole Miss, Ole Miss, episode. eight yeah. and two, Ole Miss. Yes, yes. You can go down the list, playoff. dude. They could sneak in. Hell, Michigan maybe could even make it, even with a loss to Ohio State. <laughs> you know, Baylor, like, eight and two, Baylor. Yes, you can them. go, man. And it's just like it's a shame because these are all like really good teams. 
well coached teams. And, but, hey, hey, you know, I want to get even crazier with it. I'll get even crazier with it. Please. UTSA, 10 and 0. Yes, yes, they would be in, in my Roadrunners. Yeah, meep, meep, dude. I think they would, maybe, maybe. I think the committee might be willing to give them a shot. Just yeah, because well, hey, if you had 12, hey, teams, we have these have, extra spots. You have the, yeah, it's pretty group. Like, you're not going to leave out someone who's deserving if you have 12 teams. At least the odds are very low, right? No one's going to be too upset. Um, so, yeah. So they'll be I mean, willing to take good. those chances with certain selections. Absolutely. Take yeah. some chance. I like that. Oh, all right. I'm Ooh. out of breath. <laughs> all righty. Any other games or uh, shall we call it? Ah, that's really game? all I have, unless you wanted to specifically talk about the Wisconsin Uh-oh. game. Uh, I'll, I'll close with this. Um, I'm somewhat nervous only because Nebraska has a tendency to play every single team within seven points. And even though Nebraska loses those games, they're oftentimes very close. So I am, I am a little bit hesitant. I know we haven't lost to them in like eight years or something ridiculous, but... Uh, I, I just I just hope it's comfortable, man. That's all I want. Last week I was scared too against Northwestern, but we we dominated them. So who knows, man? Who knows? I just want a safe, enjoyable win uh, heading into the Minnesota game the week after. That's exactly how I feel about us in the Arkansas game. Yeah, Arkansas hasn't beat us in God knows how long. Probably <laughs> 2005. <Yeah. laughs> 2005, and um, I just want to see a safe, enjoyable win. They're yeah. seven and three. They're a top twenty-five yeah. team. Yeah. It's a little annoying. I want to point out. It's a, it's kind of annoying that we're going to beat the top, uh, the number twenty-five team by mm-hmm. a score you would expect the yeah. number two team to beat a twenty-five yeah. team, mm-hmm. number twenty-five team, but they're going to drop because of it, of and it's going to make our resume look worse. This is why we need the quadrants, dude. Why I we like need the, the quadrants? I, I, I like that idea. We got to develop this. Let's get like Maldroid or something on the phone, and yeah, yeah. we can use Terse. Terse. There's, there's got to be like a systematic quadrants. way to do it. I'm sure. <laughs> there is. I mean, it already, it literally already exists. But to go to one final note on the Alabama Arkansas game, I yeah. think it's going to be telling how this is going to be a good test for our offensive line because I think Arkansas has some pretty good line play. Really? We're going to see how they hold up. We're going to see how they do in assignments because we're getting to the point where all of these pieces that have come together in individual games, but not all at the same time, I want to see them slowly pull it together as we inch closer to the conference yeah. championship weekend. hundred percent. I think all teams need to do that at this point. It's really, you know, do or die at this point. So got to execute, you know, got to play. Got to execute. Yeah. Well, Randy, I wish you luck um, with that game. It's, I see it's at Alabama. I'm sure they'll be going there. It should be fun. Yep. I will be at the game. I'll be at Wisconsin versus Nebraska. Freezing my butt off. Um, hopefully you don't die of hypothermia. Oh, I'm sorry. But it is what it is. And uh, yeah, I hope everyone at home, has a good weekend too, watching these games. Hope your teams win. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's this has been a fun episode, Randy. It's been fun talking playoffs again with you. It's been fun. Hey, I really love this part of the season. I'm just this so is, excited for rivalry is, weekend. Oh I'm so God. excited for the conference championships. Yeah, Next weekend is we're gonna have so many previews to talk about. I can't wait. We're gonna go exactly. I'm gonna get on it immediately with just getting <laughs> voice yeah, and everything. Get some notes going here. <laughs> also, since you mentioned the weather, it will be 65 uh, and sunny uh, for the Arkansas course, game. So I'm course. looking forward to it. Have fun in paradise, dude. Oh, I will. All right, this has been the Jim Bobcast. Thank you all once again, and roll tide. Thank you, everybody. On Wisconsin.